Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John, we are cruising on into summer here. And, you know, fortunately, we, we finally have some sports that are starting to sprout up that we can watch we've had sports we've had the cornhole championships that's true i mean right remember that we We did we did we did korean baseball's been there for a month baseball's been there for a month that's true but we do have golf and yes thank goodness we have golf first tournament love golf first real tournament yeah Yeah, this is like a real deal it is the colonial it's going to be the best field ever at the colonial so (laughs) the guys have nowhere else to play that's right (laughs) they may be running low on money too right i mean probably yeah I, yeah, I doubt that, but it's exciting. It's the Swab Challenge. It's out in Texas. Um, I'll be watching. Yeah, golf's a great sport for them to start with because it's so low contact. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there aren't going to be fans. No, you know, no, but, no, no. But that's okay. St- still holding out for hoping for basketball and baseball. And, uh, you know, we got that all important football season coming up, too. So. We do. And that's a little scary, you know, because that's got to happen. I'll tell you, you know? South Carolina's looking strong. I'm just telling Are you. Are they really? Y'all watch out. All I mean, right, man. Yeah. I so hear you. You better hope I, we don't play this year because if we do. I hear you. I haven't been paying any attention at all, so maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wishful thinking. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the revenue is so important to schools that, you know, if, if, if college football doesn't go off this year, that's going to be a major oh, kick yeah. in the teeth. They're starting to close programs. I think Furman dropped their uh, baseball program yeah, recently. That's so, terrible. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, really yeah. I mean, because without football, that pays for everything, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. all the, the, the fans, unfortunately, got to have fans. So anyway, it'll be interesting. Glad to see sports getting back into it. Glad the economy's open back up. Stock market's headed back up. Yeah, it's done we well. Got, yeah, so we got some great things to talk about today, you know, but unfortunately, John, tax season hasn't gone away. Yeah, you have to bring us back down to reality. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... Yeah, you know, Uncle just, Sam's been kind of nice to they, us. They right? have been very nice to us. Delayed Which is unusual. It, delayed it for three months, you know, but it's coming up, you know. So yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about taxes, and we're going to talk about the five tax saving strategies for retirement because you know there are some things you can do to position yourself really well in retirement for taxes. And they're things that are overlooked by the average retiree. So we're going to jump into that. Yeah. And then we're going to follow up with a discussion about retirement, but kind of on the softer side, when we help people evaluate, are they ready for retirement? There's really two facets. One of them is financial, right? We spend a lot of time on that here and we do a lot of retirement plans, but there's also the softer side, like what are you going to do? And and have you started to prepare and think through um, what your life's going to look like when you're not going to a nine to five, nine to five job? And you'd be surprised at how many people struggle with that. So it's a discussion we have with folks and we're going to kind of dive into that today as well. Yeah, that's a great thing to think about when doing retirement planning. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 25 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Um, our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website. It's at moneymd.net. Uh, you can listen to the show from the computer. We have a, a link to all the uh, the hundreds of shows that we've had historically. You can download it, listen to it in the future. Uh, the website that we have, Steve, has a lot of really good tools on there, calculators. Go check that out. And then uh, we also have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, as well. Yep, yep. And we'd love to have your questions. You can link to us there on our website, moneymd.net, and send us your questions, and we'll talk about those on the show. 
Um, and speaking of which, we're going to start off here with our financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from J.P. Morgan. And, uh, Steve, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's probably been a couple months now. Um, about the disincentive for people to go back to work. I mean, you know, out-of-work Americans um, who are receiving unemployment benefits, about 75% of them are being paid more money than they were uh, pre-pandemic. So there's really no urge for them to go back. And it, this yeah. is a four-month type, you know, deal right. that was set up initially. And I've heard some some business owners in the area confirming this, that they're having a hard time getting workers. And Oh, we, yeah, I've we heard. kind of saw that, you know, we saw that, you know, the, the, the stimulus plan and all the stuff that was pushed out very, very quickly had some some issues with it. And this is one of the issues that we see. Yeah. If you just look at all the help wanted signs out there, um, you know, they are having trouble getting people back to work. And uh, but, you know, that will end in the July, I think, for a lot of people, because it is four months and, you know, you got April, May, June, July. So um, by August, I, I think there's going to be a flood of people looking for mm-hmm. to get back to their jobs. Yep. So hopefully this won't won't drag on. Um, but that is a very interesting fact of the week. And that leads up here to our first topic, and that is the five tax strategies for retirement. Um, this is based on an article, uh, The Breadwinner, from Troy Sharp very recently. And, you know, but John, I mean, tax season, unfortunately, didn't go away. It just got postponed. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so now we are, you know, all back to, to refocusing on taxes and, um, you know, you got to recognize that, you know, tax returns and payments are coming up in a month um, if you didn't already do it. A lot of people did it before mm-hmm. all this really broke loose in March with COVID and it got extended. Um, but, you know, it's also a great time to take a look at what you can do to lower your tax burden in the future. And it's especially important when it comes to planning for retirement because, you know, there are things you can do to better position yourself to save taxes for decades through your golden years. And I mean, preparing for retirement, you know, requires a lot of, of adapting, not just emotionally, but financially. I mean, the closer you get, you know, the more important it is um, that you look at your budget, your asset allocation, where your income will come from, you know, when it comes to, you know, creating your paycheck. Um, and it's also critical to make sure you're, you're your tax efficiency is a priority in your planning and you kind of prepare yourself to have the lowest burden possible when you go through retirement. Yeah, this is a big deal. I mean, taxes can take a, a giant bite out of retirement income and you know, yet people that have saved well, um, you know, by investing over time, they overlook the tax planning that's necessary uh, to hold on more of their nest egg. And um, that may be because people you know, have been told that taxes are destined to go down in retirement. Uh, you know, if you're spending less, you'll have less income, uh, which means you'll have less taxes, right? And that's not always the case. And, uh, you know, a lot of time people spend the same or more in retirement, at least for the first few years. And, um, you know, they're as they're traveling and spending time with family and friends or new hobbies. Um, but also the bigger issue becomes at 72 now, required minimum distributions for many people. They force distributions above and beyond their spending levels. You don't have a control. And uh, that'll increase taxable income. It'll raise Medicare premiums, and there'll be some tax issues that are generated from that. So uh, what can you do to soften the blow? There are some strategies that that we uh, implement, we use with folks, and uh, some things that you can do in your situation. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one here on the list, John, is to keep an eye on the income um, to limit taxes on capital gains. 
Um, because depending on your income, you know, whether or not you have to pay any federal income taxes on that, that determine depending on your income, it, that determines whether you have to pay taxes on qualified dividends and long-term capital gains from selling stocks or mutual funds or anything else that you sell that you've owned for more than a year. In 2020, married couples filing jointly, um, they had a zero long-term capital gains rate if their taxable income was below about $80,000. Zero, that's pretty good. Zero, exactly. So when you add $24,400 standard deduction to that for a married couple, means you can make up to about $104,000 um, before you're taxed on any long-term gains or qualified dividends for married couples. Um, so, you know, if you can stay under that limit, then you can avoid long-term capital gains, and that's kind of the key in retirement. So, you know, how can proactive tax planning help you to land in lower bracket during those early retirement years? One move might be to delay your Social Security benefits for a while. Um, while you live off of your capital gains. So, you know, if you um, need additional income during those early years, um, you can delay your Social Security benefits. You can choose to withdraw money from a Roth IRA. Um, you can realize your capital gains. You can live off those gains or, or after-tax money, um, and that won't increase your taxable income. So, you know, that's why creating kind of a pool of tax-free money for retirement is so important for being able to kind of manage your tax situation. I mean, that can take the form of a Roth IRA, an after-tax joint account, even an HSA account can help with that process. Um, so regardless of the vehicle you choose, you need to have a source of tax-free money available to you in retirement to provide some flexibility necessary to manage your tax situation during retirement. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing. The capital, I mean, 0%, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Can't so. go wrong with that. So you want to try to take advantage of that, and, and retirement's a great time to do it. Yeah, another strategy is to move money from a traditional IRA to a Roth. So if you've been putting most of your money in a tax-deferred investment account, uh, converting all or a sizable chunk of those funds to a Roth can help defuse the, the ticking tax time bomb that's waiting for you in retirement um, while creating a, you know, a tax-free source of income that you can help uh, you know, manage your future tax bracket. So this is especially true if you expect to have you know, a long retirement or if you believe taxes are bound to be higher in the future, which I don't see how you would argue against that. No. I mean, the, the, you know, the tax bracket overhaul that was put in place at the end of 2017 is set to expire at the end of 2025. So we do have a window here uh, of lower taxes. Yep. And uh, most experts are predicting they could even go higher. Uh, national debt is now $25 trillion and growing. Uh, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare are likely going to need funding help in the future. So I think the writing's on the wall here. If you can do some tax planning now, it's going to save you some money in the future. Exactly. I mean, I think we have five years here where, you know, this this 12% tax bracket is very, very attractive. You know, we haven't had that um, before, really. You know, yeah. we haven't seen that, that kind of income. You can make up to 104000 105000 joint and be in that that 12% bracket. So you got to make sure you're taking advantage of that um, now and in the future in retirement, you know. So finding the optimal Roth conversion strategy for your particular set of circumstances can potentially result in tens of thousands of dollars of tax savings over the course of your retirement as you pay at least 10% less tax when you do the rollover by converting, by avoiding those higher brackets. 
Um, so if you have a low income, you know, tax year like this year, maybe doing to be in furloughed or laid off, that would be the perfect time to convert some of your IRA money into a Roth, um, within that 12% bracket, um, and, you know, avoid higher brackets in the future. You know, once your money's in a Roth, it continues to grow tax free forever. And that can really help you manage your tax situation in the future, um, so it'll give you some flexibility, you know, in retirement as the need arises. So we talk about that a lot, but mm-hmm. that's just a very important, uh, you know, thing to look at every single year to see if you have any opportunities there. Um, you know, the next on the list here, John, is to plan for the hidden Medicare tax. Yeah, here's another place where doing a Roth conversion now can help mitigate taxes in retirement. You know, many people, they don't know, they do know about this potential trap, but a lot of people don't. And, you know, individuals and couples with higher incomes may be required to pay an income-related adjustment to their Medicare premium, um, you know, in retirement. So their Part B and Part D Medicare premiums, uh, if they have to pay that adjustment, it results in a lot higher overall Medicare premium. The Social Security Administration determines whether you're subject to those surcharges based on the income that you reported on your tax return two years ago. So it looks way back, John, mm-hmm. two years ago. And, you know, currently there are six <clears throat> income tiers that determine both the surcharges. And individuals with modified adjusted gross income over 87000 or less and married couples with adjusted income over 174000 are in the first tier. If you're over that, you're in the higher tiers. You're into the higher tiers. Um, they're subject to this surcharge for Medicare in this year, 2020. So after that, um, the extra cost kicks in, and they're increased at, at each tier income level. So, um, you know, that means that affluent retirees who keep their money, you know, in tax-deferred accounts for years until they're required to take the RMD at age 72, they could end up paying thousands more for Medicare coverage every year. And that could even, you know, be triggered from selling a piece of property one year, which affects your income taxes. So, you know, only careful planning is going to reduce that unexpected tax bill. So you want to be really careful about Medicare premiums. It it really skyrockets mm-hmm. if you get kicked up into yep. that, and it lasts for a year, and so yep. every year it kind of resets based on your income from two years ago. Yeah, and uh, another mm-hmm. strategy here, Steve, that uh, we're going to talk about is taking a look at your legacy. Um, you know, and for most people, legacies are you know important to them, and um, you know you should know that the new Secure Act now forces non-spouse beneficiaries, and there are some exceptions to basically take a full payout of an inherited IRA within 10 years of the original account holder's death. And um, the income from those uh, RMDs are going to go on top of the existing income for those beneficiaries, and that will potentially push them into a higher tax bracket. And, uh, you know, don't forget, if you if you don't take that uh, distribution within 10 years, there's a 50% penalty on top of the income taxes that are due. So, Man, I'm sure that's going to catch some people. But man, if you have yeah. a think about it, if you're inheriting a five hundred thousand dollar IRA and you don't take any of it and you wait to the last year, you're going to be in the thirty or forty percent tax bracket. I mean, exactly, it's going to be a big number. Yep. I mean, I'm dealing with that this week with some uh, with some 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 guys that inherited, you know, from their father. Um, just had a client recently die, and his children are going to have to withdraw something like three hundred fifty thousand dollars each over the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a big deal, you know. You got to do some real planning around that, and that's a real tax problem when you're also working and hoping to grow your own inheritance. 
for your and your in your own retirement. Um, but again, moving money to a Roth may be a great move to help protect your your legacy for your heirs. So at least when they take that money out, it's it's tax free and they can reinvest it at the full basis. Um, they don't have to give a portion of that to Uncle Sam. Um, you know, because that RMD, um, you know, yeah, it's it's going to be come out every single year, and then the whole thing's got to be out for ten years, and that applies to both, you know, both Roths and uh, and regular IRAs. So um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Last one here on the list, though, is taking care of your surviving spouse. Yeah, this is really important. You know, you want to take care of your loved ones and your survivors. So when one spouse dies, the survivor's tax status changes to a single filer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means that a widow or widower will face a a lower income threshold for calculating income taxes the year after, you know, her spouse, her her, his spouse's death. Um, Whether, you know, their Social Security benefits will be taxed and whether, you know, there'll be a surcharge on their Medicare premiums, that's all factored in to that. And it'll be based on a single status. So it's important to keep the surviving spouse's filing status in mind when you start making these income plans um, for the two of you. And, you know, a Roth IRA, again, can provide some tax-free income that can help manage that that process. Um, and so can life insurance. So, you know, it's not atypical to see, you know, marginal tax rates increase from 12 to 22 percent just from losing a spouse, you know, while the income decreases Due to the Social Security, um, you know, part of the Social Security being lost, they still get kicked up into a higher bracket. We see that all the time. So, you know, it's easy to become so focused on saving taxes right now that you kind of lose sight of future consequences. So start thinking long term when it comes to planning with an emphasis on taxes so you don't put things um, so you can put things in perspective and you don't develop strategies that are going to put you in a bad situation in the future with regard to taxes. So think about taxes when you're when you're doing your planning. And um, yeah, I mean, these are all very, very important. Let us know if you have any questions or anything that we can help you with in that regard. And that leads us up here to our next item. That is the question of the week. Yeah, the, uh, had this conversation with a client yesterday, and um, they were just basically saying, "Hey, wh- wh- what's going on with the market?" I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it is. <clears throat> we get that question occasionally. Uh, yeah, we do, and people are. It kind of scares people a little bit because uh, the market's recovered quickly. And let's go through the the math because it's interesting. Uh, you know, the markets were down first. Let, maybe we just put it in perspective. Yeah. The market has had this tremendous surge, right? Yes. I mean, it's basically had a V-shaped recovery that nobody was expecting. That's right. And the economy has not. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's recovered in, in, you know, not fully recovered, but it is it is a large part of it has recovered here in just the low was March 23rd. Right. And, you know, we're sitting here on, you know, June the you know 12th or whatever. And so the market has basically recovered in, you know, two and a half months. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was down about 40%. So let's say you had hundred thousand dollars it was down to sixty thousand and it's up about fifty percent these are rough numbers yeah so that that um, your balance would be ninety thousand so it hasn't fully recovered no it hadn't. right but it's come very close and some sectors have fully recovered and so his question was is why I mean the unemployment rates are bad and there's not a cure and you know he's in manufacturing and he's okay. like you know manufacturing's really struggling and and so the discussion was is you know the market's looking ahead to 2021 really well, that's the key I mean they're yeah. looking at, and, and <clears throat> way the, ahead way ahead and the other factor with stock prices um, most people don't know this but a stock price is based on 
um, future earnings going out five, 10, 15 years. And it's, yeah. it's, it's valued today. And so this COVID-19 will be behind us in the future. At some yeah. point, people will yeah. be traveling and so forth. There'll be another thing we all have to worry about. But the stock price uh, is based on multiple years of earnings. And so 2020 is tough, right? But yeah. they're they're forecasting 2021 and 2022 to be much better. So that's kind of why it's reacting the way it has. Yeah, and I'll give you my spin to that. I mean, people are looking at this <clears throat> as a very short-term situation. You know, they just really, people in their heart, and me included, don't really believe that this is going to affect the markets that much a year or two down the road. They think this is going to be a full, you know, there's going to be a, a you know, full recovery yeah, of the economy, yeah. if you will. And um, so they've kind of discounted this year and the market's looking beyond that. And people have a lot of money to, to deploy, right? Whatever they took out of the market back in March, um, you know, is still there. And interest rates are zero. Yeah, there's nowhere know? else to go. There's nowhere else to go but the stock market. <clears throat> so that money is being put back in. It's bringing the market prices back up. And I, that's my take on it. You know, everybody has a spin and, mm-hmm. and there's no perfect answer, but yeah, that's what we see. And that doesn't mean it's going to go up straight up from here either. There probably, well, there, there will be pullbacks. I mean, there always sure. have been. And uh, we could take a tumble here and go down 10 or 20%. No one knows. But that's why the markets have done well is the short-term nature of it. And they're also looking into the future. So Yeah. And most people don't believe a year from now there won't be a vaccine or there won't be some kind of cure and yep. <clears throat> that we'll still be doing with this. So um, anyway, um, great question, though. And that leads up here to our next, to our next topic. And that is how do you transition into retirement, John. How do you how do you prepare yourself for the ride? Yeah, so the financial piece is one of it. And we talk a lot about that, doing the planning and uh, making sure you, you kind of have some tax planning that we talked about and budgets and so forth. But there's also a different piece of this. And, um, you know, looking at the softer side and figuring out what you're going to do. And uh, this comes from Kiplinger and uh, Harriet uh, Edelson, was the, the author of this and um, basically kind of going through some different circumstances. And there was one person that they highlighted that was a CEO of a nonprofit organization. And she started dreaming a little bit about being in a classroom. And so she started to teach some college courses and uh, had nothing to do with what she you know was working in, but she started to teach and then she started to realize, Hey, I don't want to teach. I want to actually go to class. <laughs> I want to start okay. learning more things. And so she got into a master's program in theology and religious studies. And, you know, she was taking one to two courses per semester for four years. And she just said it energized her. So she kind of found, hey, you know, when she went from a CEO of a nonprofit research organization, she figured out what she was going to do. And it brought her joy and happiness. So but it's it can be bumpy, right? Yeah, and so this is an article. I think you, I don't think you said that, but out of Kiplinger's, yeah. you know, retirement report. Yes. Yeah, and so um, Harriet Elderson, and um, you know, it's yeah, it is interesting. You know, the perspective she gives here because I mean, transitioning to retirement can be very, very bumpy. You know, and you got to have a plan, and you don't want to just stumble onto one. Um, but it can make it much smoother um, if you have a plan. And that's because, you know, people are living longer. They're, they're staying in the workforce well into their 60s and beyond. And so, you know, many of them consider retirement a new opportunity to try a new field. And some people, they kind of seek, you know, retirement coaches to help them to kind of transition through that. You know, <clears throat> some people ages 55 and older um, just kind of adjust to the changes later in their life. Um you know, but there are programs out there like, you know, this Encore Transition Program 
that um, she's been teaching that, um, you know, it's a four-month class at Union Theological Seminary. You think they talk um, about golf at all during that class? I, I don't know. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a key to, you know, it's a it's big a, part of retirement, isn't it? That's right. It's cornerstone of any retirement, right? I played with a guy last week, and he said, you know, I've, I played 400, I mean, I've played 145 rounds so far this year, retiree. Oh, my goodness. I was like, wow. Has there been like, 145 I, days? I, I was going to say, he plays 36 holes some days. I was like, wow, man, I said, that would be fun for a little while, but I don't know if I could do that all the way there <laughs> in retirement. He was serious about it. That was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the people, you know, that go into these programs, um, you know, they're kind of in unfamiliar territory, you know, and, and, and they, particularly if they've had a long career, um, you know, they just weren't prepared for retirement. They focused on their career their whole life. Um, so, you know, they say sometimes they're like lost sheep out there, you know, whenever they get in retirement. Um, and, you know, they, they, they think there's something that's, that's good that's waiting for them out there, but they just have to figure out what that is. And these yeah. programs help them focus on, you know, what is going to be passionate for them in retirement? What's going to give them the, the driving force to want to get up every day, get out of bed and go do something meaningful. Yeah. And I think most people don't really realize how much their identity and status and daily social connections, you know, structure, purpose are really tied to their work. And it, it sounds great to have all that freedom, but, um, you know, you talk to people and if they're, you know, uh, running an organization with 200 people and then they retire and it's them and their spouse, you know, they're not in charge anymore. Right. That's right. (laughs) So on both sides. So, um, you know, it, it, having a, a new chapter and just realizing that this is going to take a little bit of thought and uh, runway to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, and I sat down with somebody just yesterday and they were telling me, you know, this has been a great dry run for retirement because they've with COVID, they've been home for like three months now (laughs) and they kind of feel for what it feels like to be home for three months, you know, (laughs) not going to work and uh you know even though they're working out of their home you know somewhat so uh you know but i think test driving it is a great idea you know but yeah planning for the non-financial side of retirement is critical to your success um you know i mean it's shocker to see how hard it is to replace what you had at work um <clears throat> the experts say because you know at work you got all these social interactions with all your your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of your social life is wrapped up in work. And so you have to replace that when you get home. And, you know, finding a path takes some effort. So you have to be realistic. It's not going to be an easy transition, you know, if you're not prepared for it. It doesn't come automatically. So you're going to have to do some planning and really figure out, you know, what you need to do to to do that. And, um, you know, for some people, having a written plan for your everyday life in retirement is a good way to go. And, and they actually recommend that in this article um, so, you know, it just, it just answers questions like, how are you going to replace your, your status, your social network, your structure, your purpose, your challenges, you know, that you, you know, drive energy from every day. I mean, how are you going to stay relevant and connected? You know, money doesn't buy you anything <clears throat> unless you figure out how it's going to be used, um, to really, you know, in, in how it's going to integrate with spending your time. So, um, so you got to have a plan, and uh, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a written plan, but you certainly need to figure out yeah. where you're going to spend your time. Yeah, they go through another example of a corporate lawyer for 30 years, husband passed away. She basically had a career and her children. She retired at 67, 
um, the first time, but she went back as a consultant mm. and then, uh, retired again, you know, a couple of years later and she didn't really know what she wanted to do. She was serving on boards and so forth. And, um, so the key is, is you really have to, um, you have to build your network and make sure you have connections in that social network that you talked about. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you do need to build a network and, um, you know, health has numerous and, 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 um, well, Anyway, I mean, you just need to make sure that you, you kind of have a way of replacing your social network once you retire. Um, and that's the hardest part, they yeah. say. You know, you, you're going to lose your connections that you have at job. So you want to make sure you have a way of doing that. Yeah. So so planning for this non-financial aspect of retirement, you know, really is three to five years before you retire is what they're saying. Many people wait uh, until much later. Uh, retirement work can, can range from from being a porter at a rental car company to running the pro shop at a golf course. Now, that sounds like you, Steve. Yeah. Well, you get no, good no. clubs and, <laughs> you know. I don't want to run a pro shop, but I see a lot of retirees working at golf clubs. I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I, and they seem to enjoy it. Another one they mentioned here is delivering flowers, and I have a, a client who delivers flowers. He, he's got, you know, enough income. He just enjoys the, the joy, you know. That sounds like fun. You open you the door. To, you and, get to really make somebody yeah, happy. I think yeah, that's that neat. Would, so. That would be neat. That would be neat. <clears> no doubt about it. Niche. So good topic. All right. And that leads us up here to our last thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. And so uh, our, our nerdy free spirit, Sarah, if you've never watched her on Facebook, go to MoneyMD. She's really good. Um, she's going to give us a prescription this week about canceled vacations. And I heard a stat this morning. Yeah, this one's going to be fun. You want yeah. you want to watch this. She's entertaining. So um, so 40% of vacations have been canceled for the summer. So she's got some really good tips. I'll just give you one of them. Um, take a walk dot com is a virtual tour, Steve. So you can go anywhere in the world and you can actually be there live with a camera on the internet. Yeah. Does that sound appealing? Yeah, that, well, no, not really to me. You know, I mean, I, I watch lots of videos for that kind of stuff, you know, doing like a tour of the, you know, Great Pyramids, you know, yeah, Egypt right, or something. Right. And it is very, very neat. You know, I mean, it, and I think it's a neat way to go, but for me, it doesn't replace a real yeah. vacation. She, Having said that, it's a neat idea, you know, and yeah. it might be a, a quick substitute. Yeah. And she's going to do a great video because I watched them doing this. I think Did you, you were out the other last week and it's going to be funny. Trust me. Yeah. You want to watch this video. So she, she showed me one of the websites and it was one of the tours and I forget where it was, but you actually, there's a person that has a camera and that you are directing with your mouse and they'll turn left or they'll turn right or they'll go forward. And then you can also press a button and you can make them jump. <laughs> That's funny. Now, how much do you have to pay somebody to give you a virtual tour? It of depends. I think it's anywhere from place. like 30 bucks to a hundred bucks. It just depends on the service and how well, linked it is. So. That's a lot cheaper than a real vacation. It is. So, it is. So there you go. There's a, there's <laughs> it fits a, into the budget. That's right. Well, it's a good, it might be a good date night. Sit around and there do that, go. you know, while you're eating your takeout dinner at home. You how about make, that? You can make somebody jump, like, <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing. see if this person will jump over in Thailand or wherever it is you're touring. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Very funny. All right. That brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at um, info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 seven three nine zero seven two five thanks for listening have a great rest of the week have a good one this program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice this broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security smart Vista pro is not connected to investment returns further information is available by contacting richard young associates a registered investment advisor 